Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Elevate Coaching Podcast where we dive into tools and strategies for holistic wellness and personal growth Sorry, to help ambitious, success-driven women just like you. I'm your host Laura and I'm really excited for today's episode because we're venturing into the realm that is often overlooked yet has profound impacts on our overall well-being, the world of mindfulness and intuition. And today I have a very special guest, an expert who has made it her mission to help individuals navigate their life with more peace, clarity and intuitive guidance. She's an intuitive teacher and mindfulness teacher who has transformed the lives of many through her teachings. And she's here to shed light on how these practices can help us succeed, not only in our personal lives, but in our professional lives as well. So if you've ever felt overwhelmed, stressed out, or just like you're constantly in a state of go, this episode is a must listen. And if you're curious about how tapping into your intuition can help provide clarity and direction, then you're definitely in the right place. So without further ado, let's dive in and meet our incredible guest, Holly. Welcome. Oh, thank you. Hi, Laura. Hi, everyone listening. Thanks so much for, yeah, inviting me to be on your podcast. I'm so... uh... Yeah, grateful to be here. So thank you. Now I've been looking forward to this as well. But how are you today? Yeah, I'm really well, thank you. Yeah, I've um, yeah been enjoying the the beautiful weather recently. So um, yeah, yeah. No, I'm really good, thank you. Busy but good. Yeah, how are you? Oh, do you know what you just reminded me? Actually, I ordered some garden furniture in my for my garden, obviously. And yesterday, I attempted to fit it myself. <laughs> It was a two-person job. I could not do it, and I ended up wanting to smash the garden furniture. But you just reminded me of that moment yesterday by saying about the sunshine and the weather. So I've got my dad (laughs) around later today to uh, to help finish me build it. No, get my words out. Help me finish building it. That makes sense. (laughs) Oh, perfect. Yeah, it's tricky doing those kind of things by yourself, isn't it? Oh, I know. I know. It's so heavy as well. But good old dad. Oh, amazing. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us. And, you know, I, I know we've spoken a lot behind the scenes and I've, I've got some questions that I really would love to ask you and to dive into because I think our audience is going to find your offerings super, super helpful. But I guess why don't we start with just telling us a little bit about your journey and how you actually become a mindfulness and intuitive teacher. Yeah, absolutely. Um so yeah, just trying to think back really. So it was over 10 years ago. So um, I was training um, in physiotherapy at the time and just really started struggling with my own mental health. So um, anxiety and overwhelm, I started having panic attacks. So I was working for the NHS and I've worked for the NHS for, for a fair few years now um, as a neurological physio. Um, but it just got to a point where I just didn't feel like I had any tools or any skills really that I could use to help me emotionally in terms of that emotional resilience, like managing how I was feeling day to day, really high pressure job, um, emotionally demanding job. Um, so yeah, and I, I would do loads of things. I'd exercise a lot. I'd do, you know, go out with my friends. I'd try and you know live life and do things in life but I just couldn't switch off from work I just constantly was thinking about work um, and I just didn't have any way of 
settling my mind essentially um so my mom was like you really need to meditate and I was like oh I don't know how to meditate or where to go or anything and I was living in a village at the time and then the um kind of the village newsletter came through the door and there was um a class like a mindfulness meditation class and I was like oh okay um I'd read a little bit about it and I was like do you know what I'm just gonna go like I'm so desperate like I just need to find something a way of like relaxing and and being able to chill out so I started going to mindful meditation classes myself and I'd go for like an hour every week and then it just continued and I just started naturally feeling the benefits that I was starting to feel calmer my mind kind of would settle a bit more I was able to sleep more easily um and I just started feeling better that I could just manage day-to-day life a little bit more easily and then I just continued continued practicing until a point where I was like this has made such a huge benefit to me like I feel so much better essentially from this regular practice um that I want to be able to to teach other people so I went and did my mindfulness training um which was over two years um down with the mindfulness association in London and then had to do a week-long retreat up in Sami Ling, which is one of the largest Buddhist centres in the world, um, up oh, wow. in Lockerbie, near Scotland, like in Scotland. And, um, yeah, stayed with monks, essentially, for, for five days, and I was assessed um, for my teacher competency. Yeah, yeah, my um, tutor there was a monk um, called Choden, who's amazing. And um, so, yeah, luckily I passed and I got my qualification. And then, yeah, so I've been teaching mindfulness to people ever since. And I've run mindfulness classes and six and eight week mindfulness based living courses. Um, I've run retreat days. I work I work for the NHS as my own business, my kind of mind. I'm working with cancer care unit nurses, teaching them mindfulness as well. So I'm just so passionate about supporting um NHS staff as well Mm -hmm. I mean supporting Mm -hmm. patients Um, so that's been absolutely fantastic and then last year I decided to do a diploma in intuitive coaching so essentially taking mindfulness to kind of that next level really that kind of like deeper more spiritual place Um, Mm -hmm. so it just seemed a really natural progression building on my my mindfulness career really Um, I still work for the NHS in a leadership role um, working with students um, however my main focus really now is to continue to expand my kind of mind and my mindful business and and do one-to-one um, coaching with people so mm. yeah that's that's really kind of where I've come to now but a whole like personal transformational journey as well um, in 2015 I got bitten by a spider and I had a really bad um reaction when I was traveling and I then developed something called pot syndrome um so yeah that's a condition that affects your autonomic nervous system so um mindfulness has has helped me massively personally as well to be able to manage my symptoms and to be able to improve my symptoms from from pots as well so yeah it's helped me on on many many levels um in my own life Oh my gosh, so many questions for you off the back of that amazing intro. Firstly, like I resonate with so much of what you said there about the not being able to calm your mind and that busyness and the sleep, that's still something that I struggle with now. Um, more so, I think, since running my own business because it's I live, breathe, eat, sleep, 
what I do and I care about it so much that I don't stop thinking about it. Um, so it can really resonate with, with all of that that you said there as well. And I want to know more about what it was like living with the monks. Like, that sounds amazing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's incredible. So um, I had my cohort that I trained with and um, with the Mindfulness Association. But then, yeah, we were based at Sami Ling. So it's a really remote... Buddhist centre in the middle of nowhere really um, and it takes quite a long time to get there but when you're there it's just so beautiful they've got the most incredible temples um, wow. and you can hit you can kind of go to the different services and things and obviously we had our training during the day um, but it was incredible it was absolutely incredible there was a lot of silent time as well so all meals were in silence and you could only speak at certain times during the day um, it was a really it was just a really, I think, transformational time for me um, mm. as well. I've, I've never, I've never been to anywhere like that before. I've never spent time with monks. I haven't, you know, you'd imagine, you know, when you go traveling around Asia or something, you might go on a retreat or spend time with monks, maybe in like Cambodia. Um, yeah. But no, I'd never done anything like that. So it was just a really, um, it was like a really serene experience whilst obviously feeling incredibly nervous as well because I was being assessed over um you know a week a week-long period really wow. um but it was really um eye-opening for me I just learned a lot about myself and yeah other people really which was yeah which was just incredible it sounds like that would be such a beautiful experience it's something that I definitely want to do hopefully like in the near future something like that it sounds incredible what was your like biggest takeaway yeah, really. from that week being there then That's a really good question. Um, one thing that just comes to mind there when when you said that, so I was talking. So my yeah, my tutor Choden um, is a is a is a monk, and I remember speaking to him and saying, "I feel so nervous. Like I am incredibly anxious. Like I feel sick with anxiety." <clears throat> um, and when you have pots as well, it essentially just makes your heart race a lot quicker than it should. Gosh. Um, so when I feel a bit nervous, I kind of go from like naught to 100 in mm -hmm. seconds, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and I was just, I just was feeling so overwhelmed. I was just thinking, how am I going to pass? Like, I've got so much to, to focus on. I've got to teach all week. Like, I was quite tired as well mm. um, with managing my pots at that point. Um, but, but my biggest takeaway was, he was like, the, the, I just remember him saying to me, but Holly, what, what about if you made friends with anxiety? And I was just like, what? And he was like, why do you, what, what happens if you just like befriend it? Like what, rather than being like scared or resisting it, actually like work with it, like embrace it. And it still sticks with me to this day because that's it. Yeah, it's, it's helped me so much in how I relate to my own emotions and how I can teach and share that with other people mm. and it's a huge part um huge part of mindful practice as well um yeah how we often let uncomfortable feelings or emotions either run our life or we suppress them so we kind of go completely the other way if that makes sense rather yeah. than truly sitting with that discomfort and embracing it 
it just changed that just changed my whole perspective and ever since then I go I literally say to myself okay I know I'm feeling really anxious I acknowledge that like it's okay it's not a bad thing it's just trying to protect me but actually how can I befriend that feeling and that sensation rather than seeing it as this bad thing he was like it's because it you know, it's because this means so much to you you're so passionate you know it's it's about reframing how you relate to that emotion and I think yeah that was the most powerful thing that that kind of has really stuck with me I think from from mm. that time I like that and that's something that I I use in a similar way with my clients and something that I use for myself is because I know that when my anxiety can get like really overwhelming it can just feel like it takes over and like I'm just in this vortex being like vacuumed deep into it and you know there's like no way out of it mm. but for me it's just when I notice I have that feeling I'm like oh this is interesting that's what I say to myself now instead of mm. being like oh my god I'm anxious like what is wrong with me like what's happening and going into panic as soon as I mm. notice that sensation I'm like this is really interesting I'm feeling anxious and I try mm. to get curious about it instead of panic nice. yeah instead of panic about it it's okay what's this showing me right now what's this teaching me is this rational to be this anxious for one am I just mm -hmm. overthinking a situation is deeply thinking about it over and over and over and over again right now actually going to help me finding the solution or mm -hmm. would I be better off writing this down and maybe coming back to this later to find the solution or is this my shadow self or like that ego self that wants that, that that inner critic that likes you to feel like shit because mm -hmm. I went through um a task actually where I would identify like that inner critic for myself so I know what it looks like I know what it sounds like and I even point to the ceiling now and like to the sky whenever that voice is like really loud in my head I'm like, no, fuck you. Like, this is not me right now. This is, and I, I called my uh, inner critic, fuck it, because I used to just go and push the fuck it button and I wasn't creative enough to think of anything more than fuck it. <laughs> so I'm like, no, fuck it. This is you. This is not me. Uh, and then I have this conversation out loud. <laughs> but it, um, it really helps me to detach from that emotion yeah. to like know yeah. that it's outside of me. It's not actually a part of me if that makes sense <laughs> so, yeah that's so interesting yeah I think I think that's such a great point because before I learned about mindfulness and practice mindfulness you know that voice in your head that constant voice like you said that it's often negative we know that 80% of our thoughts are, are negative in nature as part of human I did not know that evolution wow. essentially um wow. And essentially that, that ego and that inner critic is there to protect us and to keep us safe. But equally in our modern day life of how we've evolved so much and how now we're so high functioning really as humans, mm -hmm. um, you know, it can often hinder us and it can often get in our way. So um, I, I really like that, how you're saying that you're creating that sense, essentially that sense of spaciousness. And yeah, before I started practicing mindfulness, I thought, like I was my emotions I thought that I was my thoughts mm. like that was me um yeah. you know I, I identified at that point as someone who's just really anxious like a worrier like I'm just a me worrier too. I'm risk averse <laughs> like I let you start labeling yourself don't you of, of all these things but actually it wasn't until I practiced mindfulness and and actually 
I suppose went through that period of like education and learning and understanding but equally that like er experiential like practice because that's what mindfulness is it's about practicing a skill yeah um to become more mindful and strengthen that muscle muscle of mindfulness that we all we all have um then you know I learned so much in in the fact that no I am me this is me and Mm -hmm. My thoughts are part of my experience. My emotions are part of my experience. My beliefs and my values are all part of my, you know, experience in this moment. And actually, that is exactly what mindfulness enables us to do, is to create that spaciousness. So we can actually gain a different perspective and we become more self-aware of actually what we're experiencing rather than the usual pattern of, oh, I feel this, you know, fear in my chest Mm -hmm. or I feel this... At that point, you probably can't even, you know, label it of, of what the emotion is. But it's probably like, I'm feeling this way, and then it's just reacting to it, mm-hmm. rather than actually, okay, I'm I'm feeling this way. Like you said, how can I start being curious about this emotion? Yeah. How can I start being curious about this sensation? And actually, the more we do that, the more self-aware we become, whilst bringing so much kindness and compassion to whatever our experience is. Um, that's when we can really start to, yeah, like you say, create space um, mm. and actually start feeling a bit more back in control. Really. I don't really like using the word control because it almost kind of is the complete opposite to, to mindfulness, yeah. really, mindful practice yeah. about and everything. But it, it, in a description of how you feel in a certain situation, often when we feel overwhelmed, stressed, really heightened, we can feel out of control and it's a really scary place to be. Um, so yeah, thanks for sharing that. But yeah, that's a really great point. Yeah, and like, this is exactly why I work with my clients with mindfulness techniques, particularly those that have quite poor body image or quite a poor relationship with food, because it's about creating that space. Your relationship with food is often less to do with the food than we mm-hmm. think it is and it's more to do with our emotional state and our ability to or our window of tolerance for anxiety for stress for overwhelm and for understanding our emotions and I think it's mm-hmm. so important and it's going to be an integral part of my coaching forever mindfulness practice because when you can learn to create that space in general mm-hmm. you can then apply that to food so if you're constantly going to the snack cupboard after you've had an argument with your partner or you know they haven't put the washing machine on when you ask them to and you come home from work and you've got all of these things to do and you're stressed and you're overwhelmed and you're annoyed and then you go for food without thinking about why you're going for food you're just doing it automatically by incorporating mindfulness practice you're teaching yourself to pause before that reaction which is the get angry get frustrated then go for food so that's what I love about mindfulness it seems a little bit wishy-washy and airy I think to a lot of people but actually it's such a fundamental skill that you can apply to literally every situation in life yes and something that I think is really important that we do before we go further in this conversation is actually define what mindfulness and um intuition means to you like in your scope of practice Mm -hmm. and also Mm -hmm. um, I wrote something down here because you mentioned um, about linking it into spirituality as well so Mm -hmm. how how do those practices link into spirituality and what does that mean personally for you as well yeah that's a great question so 
the definition really of mindfulness is knowing what is happening when it is happening without preference so it's all about how we um, connect with the present moment so so often we spend so much time in our minds don't we in our busy minds we're either thinking about something in the past or we're thinking about something in the future and we know that when we just spend so much time in the past going over and over things that we know that we can't change um but we can start to feel really low in mood we can start feeling almost depressed at times when we spend so much time ruminating in the past but equally when we spend so much time in the future worrying about things that haven't happened yet and may never happen and you know trying to figure out the you know all the details of something um you know, we can often become very anxious and overwhelmed when we just spend so much time in the future. So mindful practice, essentially, and mindfulness, it's about how do we how do we connect with what's actually going on here right now? How are we aware and how can we start observing, essentially, our internal environment, but equally our external environment? And we know that the body and the breath can only ever be in the present moment because we can only ever be here. It's only our minds that can take us into all these different places, daydreaming, planning, analysing, etc, etc. So actually, yeah, mindfulness enables us to connect more with the present moment. So that's why people might hear of, you know, breathing techniques or be like, oh, mindfulness, it's just about breathing. Or, um, you know, you can do, like you were saying, you can do anything mindfully, but it's essentially, it's about how do we bring our focus to the body and to the breath and to this moment that's actually happening right here, right now. Mindfulness is a huge practice of connecting with our, our senses and connecting with like our physical body essentially we are sensing machines mm. <laughs> um we sense everything we pick up on everything we have our logical rational brain um part of our brain but then we have the huge part of our sensing and intuitive brain so that's more of our right side of the brain and then the left side of the brain is like the logical reasoning um you know more conscious thinking part of the brain so yeah, as opposed to me, mindfulness is very much about developing self-awareness and it's also about developing your skill of attention and focus. So we are so distracted in our day-to-day lives. Like there's just constant distraction, whether it's social media, whether it's phones, whether it's always feeling like you have to be in contact with somebody or contactable by other people, um, busy jobs, families, you know, etc., etc. Like life is busy and it can get so overwhelming and it baffles me as well sometimes how people can actually cope and manage (laughs) day-to-day life without mindfulness because I meditate every single day and it's like you know it's it's my baseline now and it baffles me that I'm like I just don't know how people do it really without saying saying that saying it's your baseline now i I get that completely because for me, if I'm not doing like my mindfulness practices, my meditation, my yoga, or, you know, I have different ways of practicing mindfulness and I don't necessarily do the same thing every single day, but I might do yoga one day, might be meditation the next or, you know, various different things. But I know if I'm not consistent with that, Mm. I can Mm. drop down low and then all of a sudden I'll be like, oh, why why do I feel so shit about myself? Like, why don't I feel that Mm. good? And then it's like, oh, because I've not been journaling, I've not been meditating, I've not been doing all these things that got me to that place of feeling good in the first place. And you don't notice it if it's like one or two days or the odd day, but you notice it if it's like 
several days, weeks, and then you're like gradually creeping lower and lower and lower. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I think it's really important just to highlight that, that like it's the baseline. Yeah. Don't stop doing yes. the things that got you feeling there in the first place. Yeah, I think yeah, that's that's definitely a great point. And it's about consistency. So mindful practice when we're training our focus and attention. And essentially, you know, we live in a soci- society that like praises multitasking. It's almost like, oh yeah, I did X, Y, and Z. And it's almost like people can say, you know, be proud of how much you're doing. And it's almost like, but it's a conveyor belt. And the more you just keep, keep, keep going, like, um, you know, when it, when are you actually going to stop, really? Like, you know, when are you actually going to be able to sit down and switch off your mind? Um, or are you going to get to a point of burnout or exhaustion or stress or start having panic attacks and you don't understand why? Um, and that's definitely kind of the point that I got to. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Yeah, mindfulness, very much about training our focus and our attention. It's a skill. As long as you can learn a new skill, you're able to to practice mindfulness and bring your attention back to the present moment. And that's, we use a lot of meditation as like a formal practice. That's where meditation comes in because it helps us to actually sit, essentially close our eyes, move our focus and awareness inwards and actually start noticing what's going on, noticing how distracted our minds are. And, and almost start becoming an observer, focusing on our breath, connecting with physical and felt sensations within the body. Mm-hmm. So being more mindful then helps us to become more self-aware. So like we touched on earlier, really, there might be an experience or a situation and you go, oh my God, my heart's racing. Oh my God, I feel really sweaty. I feel sick. Um, you know, you might be dashing to the loo. Like you might, you, your tummy might be a bit upset. You might be really anxious or nervous. Um, and... What we can start doing then is actually start working with those sensations and recognizing that and actually becoming aware. So, oh, okay, I am starting to feel that, you know, tightness in my chest. I seem to get that every time that, you know, I've got this meeting with this certain person at work, for example. And, oh, I do notice that, you know, I'm getting quite a lot of headaches around that that time of day. And you can kind of start... Yeah, you just essentially become more aware of how you're feeling. You become more aware of your emotions. You become more in tune with your physical body and how that emotion feels within the body. And that and that's where intuition comes in, really. It, it's very much about our self-awareness. And for me, it's a sense of inner knowing. So I almost see it as like, for example, like the ocean. Mm-hmm. I see mindfulness as like, the start really you know the the waves of the ocean like our minds are just really busy you know the waves might be crashing the the sea might be really turbulent at the top and you're like oh god and that's your thoughts that's your mind and you go oh my goodness like how do I manage this like million and one thoughts just so turbulent in your mind like like the waters of this the you know the sea in a storm essentially but as you start practicing mindfulness, you kind of go deeper, deeper down into the layers of the sea where the deeper you go, essentially, the calmer it becomes. And you can kind of start finding a place of like inner stillness. Mm. So you're aware that the, the waves are crashing at the top. You're aware of them. You can see them. Um, sorry, I'm a very visual person, so I kind of no, <laughs> describe very visually. Helpful. But then kind of the further deeper down, yeah, you go into the sea, you kind of go, oh, it's actually quite peaceful here. And this is this is how mindfulness helps us. It helps us to start settling that turbulent, busy, busy mind and helps us to then start connecting with 
a place of inner peace and stillness mm. that we all have within us, which to me then starts connecting us with this place of intuition. Um, mm. People might know it as like gut feeling, like mm. I just know, like that inner sense of knowing. Um, but when the, when the waves are, are so, you know, when the storm is so rough on the sea and you're just constantly stuck in the, in the, the waves and the turbulence of the, the mind and the thinking, um, you know, the thinking mind, actually we can't really connect with that intuition, that gut yeah. feeling. There's such a disconnect. We don't really know what that is because we're just so, so distracted all of the time. Yeah. But for me, our intuition sits within our heart space. Like it is our heart space, it's our soul space people will describe it in different ways for me it's very much about connecting with my heart connecting with me holly that little you know that little girl of five years old before all of the experiences in her life and actually who who is this person who is who am i what who is my what is my authentic self and that is essentially for me that intuition comes from a, a place of deep just inner knowing a place of like solace really and a place of like um peace and love and I suppose day to day the way you can think of intuition is almost like that sometimes you get that gut feeling about something yeah um and you just know really oh that was such a great and powerful example of meditation with the sea I've never thought of it like that but that's exactly what it is and I know that for myself there was a lot of resistance when I first started meditating like it was really hard it was really uncomfortable and I know a lot of my clients mm -hmm. often don't want to meditate because they feel like they can't or it's really difficult mm -hmm. and it's not for them but you've got to push through that uncomfortable stage with meditating it took me a couple of years um you know, to, to push through that because there was so much resistance for me to actually do it and I didn't enjoy it. So I would, it would maybe, maybe I'd be quite consistent with it for a couple of weeks and then I'll dip off for a couple mm -hmm. of weeks, back in, back out. And there's this really mm -hmm. inconsistent practice, but it doesn't necessarily need to be that long for everyone either. It's just that my intention wasn't in the right place. I didn't have the support and I was just kind of learning and figuring it out myself. Um, mm -hmm. But the more... I went into that meditative practice the easier it got and I'm in a yeah. position now where I can just close my eyes and I'm there I get into that place of nothingness so quickly like I don't even need to have my eyes closed to be honest I can just do it yeah it's that second nature now and nice. at, it's in that space where there's a lot of realizations for me as well so you know, I go to a lot of sound baths and sound healing and different things like that as well. And there's been huge um, healing experiences and, and breakthroughs for myself in, in those situations. But on a more day-to-day um, -day basis, if I'm thinking about from like a business perspective, because a lot of our, our listeners will probably be business owners in leadership roles, entrepreneurs, I know that it can give me a lot of clarity with what I'm focusing mm -hmm. on. And often gives me ideas and inspirations um because sometimes I'll be meditating and then randomly these, these ideas will come into my mind I'm like oh my gosh I need to get my notepad out and write these down and I suggest if you get an idea come to you in meditation don't put it on your to-do mm -hmm. list and wait for it to do it next week 
do it as soon as you finish that meditation because that's your inner guidance. That's your intuition saying, hey, this yeah. is that thing that you need to be doing. And I find whenever I listen to that feeling, it's always right. It's always right. Yeah. And you're so right. And I think, um, I think that's such a, a fantastic point. Um, c- couple of points really in terms of, um, it can be really hard, can't it? When you start, yeah. when you start to meditate and it's, you know, essentially you're sitting still often with your eyes closed, you're not going to sleep and you're not distract. You're not able to distract yourself with all of the things that you usually do, like going on your phone or watching TV or getting up and making a drink. Like you're actually just sat there, like observing and going, "Oh wow!" Like my mind is like <laughs> really busy. Like there's so many thoughts in here. It's it's mad. And but it, yeah, absolutely little and often. Um, and a huge part of the work that I do is heart based um, mm-hmm. practices and compassion practice as well, because it's how can we start bringing that sense of kindness to that that experience because it is really hard isn't it and it's it's good just to start off for a couple of minutes like start off really small but absolutely it's about consistency if you sat for like literally two minutes you set a timer on your phone two minutes a day just to sit close your eyes you set your intention to just sit and do nothing for a couple of minutes and just start noticing how busy your mind is to start with that's that's a great place to start because you're actually becoming aware of actually you know, and ask yourself, how do I feel in this moment? Mm-hmm. And just notice what comes up for you. And I think, you know, that's just a really simple, simple place to start. And then absolutely what you're saying in terms of that intuitive voice. Um, as you practice mindfulness and meditation more, absolutely those waves, those like crashing waves, those thoughts start to settle. So our minds do become quieter. Yeah. We, we you, you know, we use a lot of breath work a lot of breathing practices to help to settle our mind and connecting and ground with the physical body in our in our posture um and then yeah absolutely it's that eureka moment I call them the eureka moments Mm. and that is absolutely your inner guidance your intuition so you can yeah like I love that you you know you get that through through meditation um I'm just thinking um, for the listeners as well how I tend to describe like those eureka moments. It's always those moments when you're in the shower or you're having a bath yeah. or, you're, or you're doing something actually that's like quite mindful in itself. Like, yeah. you know, and that's and that's often when people go, oh yeah, I was in the shower and I knew exactly what I needed to do with that project or I knew exactly who I needed to call. And you'd been thinking about it for days. You'd been trying to figure it out. You know, you'd been writing it all down, da 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 da. And then it's just that moment where we actually calm and we actually settle or you might be out on a walk or you're doing something where you're not focused on that at all and you just think no that's it I, I know and it's it's yeah. tuning into that and I love what you said there um, Laura about how it feels good and and that is the absolute we've got the ego we've got the critical mind the mm-hmm. negative thoughts that can often feel uncomfortable in the body and you've got those eureka moments or those intuitive moments they just feel good and it's really starting to connect with what feels good in my body on a sensory level and that is your intuition your intuition feels good it's a place of like I was saying it's it's kind of that sense of ease that sense of confidence that sense of knowing but what we often do we have those moments but then our, our logical mind and our ego jumps in and goes oh no but how could you possibly do that oh no that's not realistic da 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 and then you kind of often don't move forwards with that intuitive self or you often like pretend to yourself and actually do yourself a massive disservice don't you Mm. because you don't allow yourself to to actually listen 
yeah. to your inner voice because I, I feel like we we all have the answers that we need with, within us. It's just how do we tap into that? How do we listen to that? And how do we take proactive action really it's about Um, taking action isn't it like you said like don't put it on your to-do list like feel into that where does that lead you yeah um yeah so are you familiar with esther hicks or abraham hicks yes yeah Yeah. absolutely yeah (laughs) me too i actually listen to her morning meditation every morning it's like a morning rampage so do i yeah oh my god it's so good isn't it it literally is like yeah you take on this fucking day it's gonna be awesome I love that. I, I love you listening to it as well. Oh, I'm obsessed with her. I listen to her every day without fail, like all the time. When I'm doing yeah. my cardio, it's in my ears. It's just like that subconscious mind. I really want it to take in what yeah. is being said. And I've listened to her for years. And every time I think I understand something she says, and then there's like a eureka moment, I'm like, oh my God, no, now I understand it in my body, what she's yeah. saying. Logically, I can understand it. But because I'm practicing this more, I can really understand it. But what I wanted to say was she always talks about following the path of least resistance and that that good feeling that you have and following it. And whenever that you follow that good feeling, it always ends up taking you to better places that feel even better. And yeah. This is like what I what I work with my clients as well. Like one one of them, um, had one of these moments in our connection circle recently, and she realised that the temp job she was in was really just holding her back from her creative pursuits and her passions because she's an actress and she writes mm. screenplays and all these other things as well, um, and she had that internal that I call it like your internal compass it was like that nagging feeling inside of her that was telling her something was off she wasn't quite happy with it she needed to change direction but that inner critic was so loud well what Mm. if it doesn't work what if you fail what if you have no money what if you get rejected all of those what ifs were coming into her mind draining her energy so she never actually took action on the thing that she wanted to do and she was just stuck in this constant negative feedback loop with herself and depleted of energy no matter what she tried to do even if we included mindfulness practices you know she was still just Mm -hmm. drained because she wasn't doing what she was really passionate about and and really enjoying and then At the circle, she realised, she was like, that's it, I'm quitting tomorrow. And she went in, she quit her job the next day. Wow. And yeah, she sent me like um, some screenshots oh, of some feedback she had off of some screen scripts that she she wrote. And things are now progressing in her actual passions because she's got the energy Amazing. and the time yeah. to put into it. So it's like, oh, yes, it's sometimes easier said than done following that good feeling because I understand not everyone can just go out and quit their job you know everyone's situation is different but you don't need to go and quit your job all at once there is other things that you can sometimes do to be a stepping stone to going into that direction that you want to but I think it's just such a beautiful example of that inner critic being so prominent that inner guidance telling you no actually this is what I want to do I want to follow the path of least resistance because that feels really good and that's where my creativity is and then when she followed that good things have started to happen for her and I think it's just such a beautiful example yeah yeah Yeah, it really is that yeah that really is and it it yeah I love it it's it is about the path of least resistance isn't it but I think um 
you know, we're so we're so conditioned. We might have lived our life in a certain way for many different reasons or, you know, living our life for almost the way other people want us to, if that makes sense, yeah. rather than us living the life that we really want us to. Mm-hmm. Um, and that I think that's, yeah, that's, you know, that's massive. And I think... Often, you know, often um, relates to kind of like our previous experiences, our childhood, our experiences throughout our life, our adulthood. Um, But I think actually when people, when you start listening to actually what it is that you want and actually starting living a life that you want, like it's, it's transformational. Yeah. Um, when when we're so anxious and stressed or you know really busy we're rushing around constantly and we don't really have time just to sit and think you know sit and like ponder really because it's about reflection as well isn't it mm-hmm. um you know it's reflecting on actually is this what I want or is it not and actually trusting that kind of that that intuition within you that's where things start to snowball because yeah, you're actually start aligning. Like, like energy's aligning, isn't yeah. it? Like you say, you've got, you know, that's what you want to do. It feels good. You get more energy. One thing leads on to another. And I think that's when people, you know, when people say, oh, it's, you want a hobby that becomes your, a hobby that becomes your work, essentially, yeah. isn't it? And it's like, you know, that thing that you love doing, but it doesn't even feel like you're working because yeah. you're just doing it. You're passionate, you know, it fulfills you. Um, and I think that's, yeah, with intuition and knowing, it links in massively with a sense of um, purpose and meaning in life. Like there's more, there's mm-hmm. more out there, if that makes sense, rather than yeah. your nine to five job that you you really hate and you, do, you don't really want to be doing that. You want to be off doing X, Y and Z or, you know, setting up your own business or doing something really creative or that, you know, that one thing that you've always longed, longed to do. Yeah. Um, but it, it takes a lot of bravery, doesn't it? It takes... It a lot from getting from a point I can see in my own journey I suppose from getting from that point of actually being so severely anxious and unwell really mentally Mm -hmm. to getting now to a point where um I live a very heart-based life and I really do live through my intuition it's amazing it take it does take a lot of um you know trust it it does take bravery because that like you said that inner critic is like so loud and it's about positive risk taking, isn't it? Yeah. It's about oh, actually no, but this is really what I want to do. Like, yeah, absolutely, using your logic to like inform your intuition, but don't let that talk you out of something that you deeply know that you really want to yeah. do. And there's there's like two things I want to add on to that, which is it can be really hard, even if you are living heart-centered and you're following that intuition if you haven't quite built up the confidence in yourself with that yet and you're not surrounded by other people that are on the same journey as you it is so hard to listen Mm. to that voice because you're faced with so much backlash from your family your friends your co-workers whatever it is and I think for me the really big turning point was when I started to immerse myself in other communities of other women that were also doing the same things as me. So like my, my, um, the coaching group that I'm in spiritual, um, you know, we all have that same understanding of like following that good feeling, your intuition, the energetic sense. And I don't, you know, we're not saying like energetic senses, like you sit here, you close your eyes and then, 
you imagine what you want and it suddenly appears. Like it's, when we talk about energy, it's all about no, getting yourself into that energetic feeling of what it is like to already be that person, have that thing, and then live in alignment with that feeling. Because mm -hmm. I'm, I'm sure, you know, you know this and you'll probably be able to tell me more about this, but there's actual science that shows that you create the neural pathways when you think about doing that thing yeah. and then creating the neural yeah, pathways exactly. helps create the behaviors that align yeah. with that action or that place or that thing that you want to get to. So it's not airy fairy. There is so much science yeah. behind yeah. all of this. And there's so much misinformation out there, which really frustrates me um, because people yeah. often assume that all of this stuff that we're talking about is just airy fairy and doesn't really exist. And there's no science to back it, but actually there's so yeah. much, so much that, that shows that. Um, so yes, yeah, so I think like getting immersed into a community which is why we have connection circles and everything that we do is aligned with, you know, inside my coaching anyway, is aligned with the values of my business and the values of myself personally. I think that's so important. And yeah. I completely forgot what my second point was, <laughs> which is really, that's okay. <laughs> I can't quite remember, but I have another question that's come to my mind though, Holly. Um, yeah, of course. So just going back to like the people in leadership roles, business owners, entrepreneurs, what would be a good starting point for them when it comes to like mindfulness and intuition? What, what would help them? I think it's all about becoming more self-aware and that's kind of the place to start really. Mm -hmm. When we're, um, you know, I mean, I, I work in a leadership role, but I run my own business as well. So it's like, it kind of like essentially having two jobs. And I think the thing for me that helps me the most is being self-aware, knowing when I'm feeling like stressed or busy or I need to take a, a break essentially and becoming more mindful about essentially what I'm doing in that day so taking like regular breaks because what what tends to happen is that we kind of wake up in first thing in the morning our mind starts racing with a million thoughts of what we need to do and then uh, then we don't really stop until we get to bed you know in the yeah. evening so I think really I think it just a really simple great place to start is about just like pausing just taking regular small pauses so absolutely when we practice mindfulness like a formal practice would be to sit and meditate and you know people can meditate for a long time but in terms of practical skills that that really help especially people who are in really busy or stressful jobs or have a lot of pressure or put a lot of pressure on themselves yeah. is very much about taking regular regular breaks throughout the day essentially and if you can work on like or do some breath work or some take some deep breaths in those moments to help just connect you back to the present moment the more often you can start doing that the more essentially the more like focused you will become because absolutely like you were saying Laura when you're when you're stressed and really busy actually it's really hard to focus on one thing or you just get like completely you don't, you know, you might do 10 things, but you do 10 things not very well, or you can do five things and do them really well. And it's just almost being quite conscious about 
the choices that you make like do I need to do that right now it's about prioritizing as well do I need to do that right now or can that wait until later yeah. um so I think regular pauses is, is is really important I often say as well if there's an activity that you do during your day that you can try and do it mindfully so that could be like, like if you've got a meeting at a set time during the day or if you need to like plan something or whatever it might be if there's a specific activity that you can do so for me it's often really when I'm making a cup of tea because I tend to drink a lot of tea so every time that I go and make a cup of tea I try and do that activity mindfully Mm -hmm. so what I mean by that is actually focusing on what I'm doing rather than just putting the kettle on and then going back and like finishing off my email I'll be like right no okay I'm literally gonna pause now yes I know I've got a million emails in my in my um you know inbox that I need to reply to but right now I'm just going to pause I'm going to take a moment I'm going to make my tea um I'm going to start connecting my body just becoming aware of my breath and like I said mindfulness is all about our senses so you know what can you hear what can you see what can you feel like the weight of the kettle like then I make my cup of tea and I'm like I really try and do it mindfully so like I say connecting my senses so feeling the warmth of the cup in my hands, you know, tasting my tea and actually properly tasting my tea rather than just, oh God, I need to reply to all these emails. Yeah. Like, how am I going to do it? I've got a million and one things to do and da, 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 da. And we can all get like that, absolutely. But sometimes you just need to press the pause button. And how much more um, enjoyable is that cup of tea as well? <laughs> yeah, no, it really, no, it really is. Yeah. <laughs> can actually taste it (laughs) and just the world's best tea it's delicious yeah (laughs) yeah um and also like a reminder as well so I would probably say choose one activity that you can do mindfully so whether it is making a cup of tea whether it is like if you go in the car or drive a certain way um or if you walk a certain way that you just try and recognize how busy your mind is but just focus your attention essentially focus on what you're doing and try and just do that one thing that you're doing every time you notice that you get lost in thinking or you get distracted again back to all the things you need to do bring your focus back to that one thing and that is mindfulness every time you notice that you become distracted and lost in thinking and bring your attention and awareness back to the task that you're doing um that is a moment of mindfulness. And the more you can do that, it helps to strengthen your focus and attention. So just try doing one thing at a time. It's hard. Like, it's really hard. Like, I'll be writing an email, then my friend will text me, then I'm like, oh, I'm just going to reply to my friend. Then the doorbell goes. Then I'm like, oh, I need a wee. And then, like, before you know it, I'm just like, I've done a million and one things and I haven't actually been that effective. So for me, it's very much about trying to do one thing at a time focus on what you're doing and equally another sorry there's probably lots of tips but the other thing that I often say to myself when I feel um because yeah absolutely I'm a mindfulness teacher I meditate all the time you know I'm an Mm -hmm. intuitive coach but you know I still get stressed I still get anxious it's not that people who do all of these things don't experience human emotion I'd probably say my emotional resilience might be higher than somebody who doesn't and I probably feel calmer generally day to day like that baseline um that somebody doesn't practice uh, meditation and mindfulness regularly um but it's saying that one thing to yourself that reassures you. Like, we often live in a state of panic. Like, we, our nervous system is heightened when we're busy, stressed, overwhelmed. Our nervous system is, is in what we call fight or flight. We're on edge. We can feel edgy. We can feel like, 
we haven't really got an appetite we don't want to eat because we're just constantly like oh in survival mode yeah whereas actually find one thing that you can say to yourself that almost reassures you like for me when I used to really struggle and when I still like have you know tricky times now in life I'll just be like whole it's okay mm-hmm. like it's okay and that has been so powerful for me and I still use it and I and it was the one thing that really helped me in in you know when I was really struggling initially I would just say whole it's okay like however you're feeling it's okay and it's almost being that reassuring voice it's like it's almost like you've got to you've almost got to talk to yourself like you would like a child or yeah. a or a puppy you know that said that level of compassion we're so hard on ourselves and be like you should be doing more like why haven't you done x y and z like that's gonna fail like you've invested so much money into that but that was a really stupid thing to do like all that inner critic really loud negative voice and it's like it's going do you know what it's okay mm-hmm. like just breathe like mm-hmm. it's okay and every time that you can pause and breathe during the day because the breath is the most effective way to calm our nervous system. You can literally, every time you pause, every time you make a cup of tea and you literally take five deep breaths and you tell yourself you're okay, then actually I think that's probably a good place to start. (laughs) All of my clients that tell me they don't have time to meditate or they don't know how to, I'm like, okay, you make a cup of tea or coffee every morning, right? When the kettle's boiling, that's all you've got to do. Stand next to the kettle, belly breathe until your water's boiled that is it and everyone has time to do something like that that's all it requires and again it goes back to getting into the habit creating the neural pathways the more you do that the more pathways are there the easier they are to access the less um resistance you feel towards doing them um so it's funny you say that Yeah. yeah I know, I love that as well. It's all about making tea and coffee. Yeah, I'm a tea drinker, but I'm a decaf tea drinker, which is quite boring, but I can't have the caffeine because it makes my heart race. So, I'm, yeah, I'm not a coffee drinker. Yeah. Um, but I love that we, yeah, because we're, we're all going to be making a drink. Even if you, you know, get a cold glass of water out of the fridge, like yeah. you can take breaths there. And I've got a client, she's got a bracelet, which has got, it just has lots of like beads on it. It's like a beaded bracelet. And at work, what she'll do because she works in an office, every time she goes to the loo, she'll sit on the loo and go like <laughs> count that. five beads and do five deep breaths. And she's like, I bet they always think I take ages in the loo. But she's like, I go and I sit by myself on the loo and I count my breaths on my bracelet and it and it worked. And it is helping her, you yeah. know? Like, yeah. we don't pause. We don't take that time to actually be present like come back to what you're doing here right now so yeah, yeah I thought that was a lovely like a lovely tip as well so yeah, oh yeah my God. that's really helping her I feel like we could be here for hours talking about all of this like so much you're gonna have to come back on I know because like I haven't even covered like half of everything that I wanted to post before <laughs> today but we're running out on time <laughs> but I think this is me uh, I'd love to come back definitely we definitely will I think this has just been so helpful like so many I, you know and I hope anyone that's listening has had those little eureka moments little nuggets of knowledge like found throughout this because I know that I've made some notes and wrote some things down throughout myself as well and um you know I've I've learned a lot as well um so yeah really amazing chat and, and I think the last thing I want to highlight to anyone listening is that 
life is meant to be enjoyable. It is not meant to be stressful. We are not meant to be in fight or flight 24 seven. Like it is meant to be happy and it's meant to feel good. And don't think that it's meant to be anything other than that. Like it's meant to be happy. Don't question it when it feels good. Don't question something when you enjoy it. That's what our baseline should be. Happiness, enjoyment, peace, calm, tranquility, all of that. That is our baseline, but we're just so far from it in today's society as humans that we feel like being stressed and panicked is actually the norm when it's not. Mm -hmm. <sighs> so thank you so much. It was been such a pleasure talking to you. And before you leave, Holly, if people want to find you, want to reach out, where can they find you? Oh, yeah. So um, my business is My Kind of Mind. So my website is www.mykindofmind.co.uk. And you can just Google me. And I'm also on Instagram. So at My Kind of Mind. Um, but I have an underscore between each each of the words. But yeah, mainly on um, Instagram. And you can contact me via my website as well. Fab. I'll make sure that we've got those linked in the show notes so anyone can find you easily as well but again just thank you so much mm. Holly it has been an absolute pleasure and if anyone listening has any thoughts feedback they want to share anything that they've learned um you know please do message me message Holly make sure that I read all of my messages as I'm sure you do as well Holly and, and respond to all of them so mm. yeah we would love to hear your thoughts and thank you so much again for joining us oh thank you